Okay, welcome to the Dog M Podcast. Uh, today we have Mrs. T, and Mrs. T is going to be teaching English 5A uh, in the fall, and we wanted to have some conversation with her so that you could understand exactly what you're getting into if you've already registered for this course or if you know you have to take it. Uh, so how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Good to be here. Okay, so uh, the first question is uh, for you to tell us a little bit, a little bit about your journey in higher education, your degrees, places you studied, places you worked. Sure. Well, um, I am a native Bosnian, which means that I was born in um, Bosnia. It's a small country, very close to Italy, in Southeast Europe. And I lived there for 18 years until I was a freshman myself. And when I was a freshman, a war began in my country and I had to leave as a medical refugee. And so I was brought over to United States and um, I didn't really know what to do because I couldn't go back. I couldn't, um, you know, do continue my previous life. So I went to school. And so my first school was Fresno City College. I did my two years there, got a degree in architecture and decided that I never want to draw a line in my whole life again. And so then came over to Fresno State and I've been at Fresno State ever since, which is uh, since 1998. Um, I studied as an undergraduate student, got a degree in English, and then went on to two graduate degrees, one in Master uh, of Arts and Literature, the other one in Creative Writing. And I have been a teacher since 2003, so about 17 years teaching freshman students English. What part of your job is the most fun? What is most fun is when they realize they don't hate English after all. Uh, when, when we find a common ground and when we understand the power of language, how language is important and how it plays a role in communication and then also in establishing the rights for yourself and in fighting for those rights, language is the most important thing you could have. So when we come to that point, then they don't see my class as a chore, they don't see it as a dreadful experience and hate that they have to be there and we can start having a real conversation about the world and about their role that they're playing in it. And that is most fun to me. Okay, so you're teaching English Friday and Fall. So once students learn the material and do the assignments in your class, what should they be able to do? English 5A is a preparatory class for English 5B. And English 5B is real advanced uh, composition. So 5A will introduce them to all the techniques, the methods that they will need to be successful in 5B. But it is really a, a non-credit class. So you cannot do much uh, just after finishing 5A. It does not complete the requirement for the composition but it will give you useful strategies that you can use when you learn when you are reading and writing because reading and writing at academic level is very very different than what they have done in high school or outside in the real world it requires different kinds of critical thinking skills so what i do with my students is i, I bring them up i kind of bridge them from that high school experience to college experience and we grow together 
We learn the student habits, the studying habits that they need to have. We learn how to uh, basically respond to their colleagues, how to respond to instructors, how to, pre to uh, prepare themselves for the rigor, academic rigor that comes with college education. And then once we do that and they graduate out of 5A, they come to 5B and then we study argumentation, we study how to write uh, texts um, that are useful to them, how to make a point, how to defend it, how to use evidence, how to do research that is credible and academic, how to read complicated texts and so on. One of the premier texts that I use in my 5B is letter from Birmingham jail and that I have taught that probably uh, 17 times, 17 years, 17 times I've taught it. Um, so important texts of our time that are going to prepare them for the rest of their academic experience and for the real world out there. Yeah, I, um, I always appreciated in my first year writing course, I appreciated the fact that I, I automatically, even in that first semester, saw the benefits of when I was taking political science, I was like, oh, well, if I have to write a paper for this class, I already learned all these tools. Or if I have to do this reading, I already learned some tools that I can use for my English class. And so that's what I appreciate about uh, these courses uh, in the first year writing program is that they're immediately useful for students. And then you're right. As citizens, we want to be able to think critically and to analyze texts and analyze what people are saying. So this is, um, I, I always profoundly enjoyed my first year writing experience. And I think um, it sets students up for success. Excellent. I'm glad that you had such experience and, and uh, I find professional satisfaction in, in such things and working with students and helping them find their way. You mentioned the letter from the Birmingham, Birmingham jail, but what is your favorite, your personal favorite topic or assignment in this class? Um, I like to talk about technology a lot. And one reason for that is because I kind of saw maybe 10 years ago that technology is going to become one part of our life that we cannot escape. And so, so far before the pandemics, um, I examined it critically. I was, I was a very vocal critic and we studied the texts about technology because it seemed to me like it, it is going to come and take away some of our human experience. That, you know, that using technology to implement who we are or to supplement, I'm sorry, who we are was problematic in many different ways. There were problems that we did not anticipate and that were historical. Well, with this pandemic and the way that it went online, I had to rethink uh, my position and I, I had to reinvent my whole curriculum because you can't diss something that is now a crucial part of uh, what, what uh, you are going to use to make these classes happen. So um, what I enjoy about being a professor is the ability to rethink and reinvent um, things as you go, you are not stuck to one point of view for your whole entire life. You have to evolve and you have to adopt yourself or, or adopt in terms of your growth um, to to the, the life and what is going on outside, which is changing sometimes very radically.
Um, so, so that's basically what what I um, my favorite texts deal with, and my stu my former students are probably um, chuckling as they are thinking about me being fully online and, and uh, kind of having to eat some of my words. But that, that is just the situation that we're living in at the moment. Right. Um, what makes this class so challenging for students? I think the most challenging aspect of it is uh, commitment. I think at 18 years old, when you're entering college, you're really not committed to that kind of uh, rigor that we require. And you are not sure how much work you really need to put in, especially after your senior year, where, where you got the senioritis, you had the spring fever, you had all of those different uh, celebrations, if you will, of, of being a senior. So now you come to college, you're a freshman, you have to start over. Many of my students leave their homes, they come to Fresno after being at home their whole lives and now they don't have that family support or the network, they don't have their friends. It can be a very lonely place when you don't know anybody and, and now all of these new requirements are put on you. So um, some things that I can suggest to students to help them with those difficulties. First of all, be very consistent. Just like you consistently go to work every day, you, you have to check in at certain time. You have to stay there a number of hours if you want to get that paycheck. I would like the students to understand that college is very similar in that regard. You have to commit yourself to keeping a regular weekly schedule. Um, now that we are online, you should not consider that as really not being in school or not, not you know, being involved with college. You still are, even though the classes are not face-to-face, -face, they're in a digital setting. So commit yourself every Monday to come in and see what's going on, what is a plan that your instructors have for the week, what is in your email, and block out every day, at least four to eight hours for each course so that you can catch up, you can do your reading, you can do your slides, you can examine what your professors have prepared for you, and then you can actively engage with your peers because that will be the requirement for you to not just kind of sit and absorb and read, but also attend, also say something, also collaborate and contribute in your classes. So if you see it as a job, you are going to understand better how to function in that set. My my first year of college, I had a friend. He was on the football team uh, at my uh, local community college, and we were taking a night course, a history course, and uh, there were three of us outside talking. And uh, one student was saying that you know she worked and she did all these other things, and she did class, and she didn't really have time to do all the reading required for this history class. And my friend uh, explained to her, he was like, he was like, I decided not to work because I feel like I wanted to treat this like a job, like a full-time job. And he kind of broke down like how he had that perspective and how he had everything scheduled specifically when he was going to study. And so I appreciate you telling students that because I didn't realize that until I heard him talk about it in that way. And I was like, Okay, that you know, if I if I'm having trouble with personal motivation, that's something that I can do because that's measurable. I know what what it's like to clock in and clock out, 
And if I set my own schedule up that way, then I'm more likely to do what I'm supposed to do. Right, and I, I agree with, with that idea that studying right now at this moment is more important than working if you can take that break. I understand there are different social circumstances and some students have to work and earn living and maybe even provide for their families. I was one of those students. I had two children while I was going to school. Both my husband and I were students and we had a family. So I understand that. I used to wake up at 4 a.m. and do Fresno B newspaper delivery until 8, and then I would go to school and do my hustle in school and then come back home and cook and clean and do all of those other things before I had to go and do my night job. So I understand that there are circumstances that sometimes require that. But is it the best use of your time if you don't have to do that? No, because you should do in your life. Now I'm 45, so I, I'm not that old, but I'm really getting there. And I see some kernels of wisdom kind of come my way. One thing that I would really like to share with students, there is time in your life for everything. Right now, when you're 18, 19, 20, it is time for you to, to take that space in your life, that segment of your life, and really grow as a person, educate yourself and prepare yourself for your future. Because if you postpone or you do that early, you, you will still benefit. You'll still get that diploma, that degree and so on. But this is the time for that. So, so making the best of it at this moment is basically what you should be doing. Right, right. Uh, what makes... So how do you think uh, remote instruction is going to affect this class? My class has done successfully being a hybrid. I taught hybrid classes for seven years where we did one class in the classroom and then one online. And that, that was fine. Um, I've taught at other places where I did solely online or, um, you know, Fresno State, I did fully face-to-face. -face. So modality delivering modality is something that should not affect the quality of the class i know all of the professors are being heavily trained this summer while everybody else is taking a summer off we are working very hard to educate ourselves and to prepare ourselves for that online delivery come full um, so I, I think just myself, I, I have probably over 500 faculty members that I'm training. Um, mm. Those skills will come in handy and we are going to have this stellar online program for everybody to enjoy and benefit from come full. I am fully committed and believe that we will make it happen. What students also need to understand that online can be harder than face-to-face because uh, of the things that we already talked about. So being consistent, setting that weekly schedule, knowing to come in and communicate uh, to instructors, to professors, when it, something is not clear is very, very important. It is important for students to understand that they are not alone. We have support from other students, from TAs, from academic advisors, from Student Life, from Student Learning Center, Basically, even the writing center is doing tutoring online. So there are a lot of services that are available. Whether you are a face-to-face -face student or online student, you should know that you can reach out 
and tap into these services that are being already paid for through tuition and that are available. And nobody should feel like they're all alone without any support. Right. With that said, uh, what advice would you give uh, the tutors in the writing center and the writing tutors in the learning center about um, helping your students this semester? Um, I have my faith in the Writing Learning Center. I know their director and executive director and have worked with them for a number of years. And I know that they will uh, absolutely do their best to help students. I think what we all have to work on is understanding how stressful the situation is right now. Um, I think that we are not, if, if we are falling short anywhere that is in terms of the trauma and in terms of mental stress that this is causing to everybody involved. And I, I think we could do more about that. So I'm going to suggest to tutors to understand that students come in um, and, and as I said previously, they come from different situations, different backgrounds um, with the, even, you know, with pandemics with corona we were already stressed out and, and stretched in and now with the protests and what's going on out there in the world uh, with with the injustices that we are witnessing with some students actually having to live uh, with those injustices uh, done to to the groups that they associated with or to their own family that is going to be very hard and i feel that everybody whether you're an instructor whether you are a tutor whether you're an advisor you have to do your best to reach out and comfort those that are going through such trauma right it is it is so good to prompt for those opportunities to listen to people's pain uh, because a lot of times it's interesting uh if that pain isn't processed it it impedes the learning process. It impedes your ability to think and to uh, critically think. And so I think it is important to have those conversations just to start the session, just to see how people are feeling at the moment. Yes, absolutely. As a war survivor, I mentioned that, that I went through the war. Um, you know, what happened to my, my country is that many of the war criminals that com committed the crimes were never processed through the, the courtroom. Uh, there are people out there that I can meet on the street when I'm in Bosnia and I know that they murdered like 10 or 20 people from my high school or from my university. Just seeing them free without any consequence, it causes grief in me and uh, desire for them to see justice. And so this should not be ignored when people are not seeing the justice that they deserve, when they do not see perpetrators processed it does create these feelings of being alienated, being by yourself and not being understood. And so we, as the rest of the society, we have to reach out and we have to assure people that we understand or at least hear them and acknowledge the pain that they are going through. Right. I have a few uh, rapid questions for you sure. uh, that are one word answers. So introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Email or office hour? Email. Scantron or short answer? Short answer. Meat or no meat? Meat. Dark chocolate or milk chocolate? Dark chocolate. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word is you can't. Mm. 
What is your favorite word? Resilience. Okay, Mrs. T, thank you so much for having this conversation. And I'm hoping that your uh, English 5A students and students taking English 5A in general get a good understanding of what they're in for with the class. And I hope that they can figure out how to uh, use the tools for consistency and treating school um, like a job as well. Sure, and I just want to make one final pitch uh, first of all, thank you for having me in this program. I hope I, I helped the students understand how to function better in college. I want to encourage all of you that are listening to reach out to your professors, even if it is just to say hi. Send them an email and say, hi, I'm in your class. I'm excited to be there. Establish that personal connection and do not ever hesitate to reach out. We're, we're waiting for you. We're here for you. We wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. So use that opportunity, connect, connect, connect to everybody uh, around you and grow from those networks.